Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. This is a live, interactive Bible study where we can connect with Christ and community daily and deeply. Join us every weekday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we read a chapter of the Bible, pray, and share our reflections. Whether you are joining live or on the replay, I know God will meet you here. I also want to invite you to the Faith Mamas Tribe app. This is a free app where women of faith can connect, be encouraged, and have their faith strengthened. It's the online social space I know you've been looking for. So make sure to do three things before we start. One, subscribe to this channel. Two, share this with a friend. And three, download the app. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Now let's dive into today's Morning with Jesus. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday. Friday, Friday. <laughs> Welcome to Mornings with Jesus. I'm so excited that you are here. If this is your first time here, good morning. My name is Dominique Young, and I'm excited to study the Bible along with you. But before we do that, before we jump into our chapter of the day, which is Joshua 23, um, I want to say good morning to some of my friends that I see here live. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time it is where you are. Good morning, Allison. We are so glad to see you, sis. We know you've been doing all the things and we're glad that you feel rested and that you're able to be here. Ah, it's so awesome. Good morning, Bevy. Good morning, Cleopatra. So excited to see you guys. Good morning, Shanda. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, Brickell. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Mary. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning, Erica. Good morning, Lilith. Good morning, T. Horton. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Shelly. Good morning, Audrey. Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, April. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Donna Lanita. Good morning, Donita. Come on, y'all. We're in the building. Good morning. Woohoo. Good morning. Good morning. So excited to see you guys this morning. Good morning, Latrice. All right, y'all know how we like to do it in the morning. Before we start, we've got to start with some gratitude. What are you grateful to God for? I love it. Some people are already typing in it. Bevy says, I'm grateful to God for life, health, a sound mind, and for the opportunity to study the Bible with you, my sisters. Amen. Audrey says, I'm so grateful for God's morning glory. Amen. Come on. Bernie says, I'm grateful it's Friday and ready to see where God leads us today in chapter 23. Can you believe it? We only have two chapters left of the book of Joshua, two chapters. And I wrote down, y'all, my, my count might be off, but I know that we've together on Mornings with Jesus, we've read at least 27 books of the Bible. That's almost half of the Bible, y'all. Um, and we've been at this for uh, for a little over a year, and together we've read 27 books of the Bible, which means that we've got a lot we've got a lot read, but we also have a lot more to read. Um, so I'm excited to be on this journey with y'all. Like if we keep this up in three years or so, we'll be we would have read the entire Bible, and I'm just excited. I'm just really excited about that. That's just so cool. 
Oh man, Cleopatra says, I'm grateful for new mercies every day. Hallelujah. April says, I'm grateful that God will do what he said he would do. Come on, God will do what he said he would do. Lilith says, I am grateful to God that it's Friday and no stressful work for two days. Come on. Janice says, I'm grateful for Donita who reminded me of the Abide app and encouraged me to use it again. I'm sleeping better and waking up to scripture too. All right. See, that's my love community. Uh, shout outs to Anastasia. Um, I don't know if she's here already, but I'll shout her out again when she's here. She's not here already. Shout outs to her. She gave me some really good advice for my child for potty training. I was struggling with my third son with potty training. And today he had no um, no accidents, no peeing in the bed. We did twice like she recommended. We woke him up twice in the middle of the night, once like in the middle and then once closer to the morning. Um, and yeah, we got a dry bed, y'all. That's a big deal in our house. So I am grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. Erica says, I'm grateful for friends. Amen. I love friends. Brickell says, I'm grateful for this joy-filled day and his amazing, wonderful, spectacular, extraordinary, extraordinary, no one greater than him glory. Come on. T. Horton, I'm grateful to God for his strength. Hallelujah. Shanda says, I'm grateful for the week of prayer and fasting I've had. God has been showing me my heart condition. It's been tough. He shows me not for me to fix, but for me to give to him to do a work. Amen. Ellen says, grateful for God's open doors. Hallelujah. Donita says, I'm grateful for rest and for community. Matthias is grateful that when the enemy tries to speak, God's voice speaks louder. Come on. Brandy says, that's a great idea. I did that with my girls. Yeah, yeah, praise God. Yeah, that, that potty training is really, I thought I knew how to potty train because I had other kids, but I'm like, this third one, I was struggling. So those that advice that she gave is really helpful. Latrice says, grateful for God giving me strength to wake up and get out of bed to start another day off with him. Amen. Allison says, I'm grateful for God's grace, mercy, and protection. Wednesday afternoon, I was driving back home and a deer ran in front of me. I was preparing for impact, hit my brakes a little harder and didn't hit it. Praise the Lord. Come on. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Because deers can do some damage to a vehicle and a, and a person. So praise the Lord. Um, Mary says, I'm grateful to, uh, to rest in God and operating in faith. I'm grateful for obedience. Amen. Bella says, grateful for today, this morning, and ready for his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, one more thing that I want to say, I'm grateful for y'all. I am grateful. So this Tuesday, was it the 12th, is the day that um, my Bible plan is scheduled to publish on the YouVersion Bible app, but it's pending review. Um, so we'll see. They could, you know, they could reject it. We'll see. But I am just excited that I got a tentative date of April 12th. Um, I'm excited about that Bible plan. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So we'll see. Keep praying, y'all. Keep praying because I got a couple more days to make sure that it is officially accepted. But I do have a tentative date, which is April 12th, uh, for that Bible plan to launch on the U version Bible app. And I'm like, <laughs> So exciting. Ah. <laughs> so yes. Oh, Raquel says um, the Bible plan. That's my birthday. Okay. It's the day before my husband's birthday. So I'm going to remember that. That's your birthday. All right. Well, pray y'all pray. Pray y'all pray. Um, I still got a, little, a couple more days of review. Um, 
and we'll see what they do. I'm praying. I'm believing God to do what's best. Um, so yes, but I'm really excited. And the Bible plan is called Look Again, uh, Finding God in the Midst of the Storm. So I'm so excited. I'll tell y'all more about it on the 12th, prayerfully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so grateful. Uh, Barb says, I'm grateful for the teachings in Mornings with Jesus. I re- uh, resisted the default to cut folks off. And wow, people are coming through for things we need. Come on. Come on. I love it. I love it. I love that when God does. Woo, God is so awesome. Bevy says, please pray for strength and healing for my family, for the family of Clarita Lockhart as she is laid to rest today. Father God, we lift up um, Clarita uh, Lockhart's family. Lord God, we pray that you um, surround them with your peace, your love, Lord God, and that you help them navigate grief, uh, that you send individuals to them to love on them during this time in the name of Jesus. Amen. Shelly says, I'm so grateful to God that when I have my massive tantrums, he is not moved. Come on. I know a thing or two about that, but they're waiting for me to come to my senses and let him guide me. Sis, yes, all of that. Yep. Yep. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Okay, y'all. I don't want to stop your praise. So if you got a praise and you got to let it out, let it out, shout it out, type it out. But I'm getting ready to pray us in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter 23. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us in. Oh, there's something in my eye. So I keep rubbing it. All right. I'm going to get ready to pray us in as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter 23. But don't let me stop your praise. Keep typing it in. Keep shouting it out. Keep letting God know he's awesome because he he is awesome. Don't let me stop you. Uh, But let's go ahead and pray in. Oh, Father God, you are so amazing. (laughs) There is not enough time in one day to list all the things that we are grateful to you for. And Lord God, even in the middle of storms, even in the middle of valleys, even when it's hard, Lord, you are still good. You are so good. And sometimes it may feel like we have to look harder for things to be grateful for. But once we find one thing, it's like, it's just like an avalanche. It's just more and more things that we realize that we have to be grateful for. So Lord, we are so grateful for you. We are thankful for who you are and how you move and what you're doing. Lord, as we prepare to jump into Joshua chapter 23, we ask that you lead us and guide us. We want it to be more than just words on a page, but to really be drawn into you, into your presence, Lord God. So, Father, we ask that you use the words on the page to draw us to where you want us to be this morning. Lord, we thank you. We give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right, y'all. Today we are reading Joshua chapter 23. If this is your first time um, reading with us today or ever, (laughs) I want to explain how we do it. We read the chapter two times through. The first time, I encourage you to close your eyes, soak it in, get a picture in your mind of what's happening. The second time, feel free to pick up your pens, your highlighters, take notes, highlight key words. Um, this is this is a method you can use when you're studying at home or with the family to read the, the chapter twice and then go into a time of personal reflection where you just really kind of look at the words that you have uh, highlighted kind of get a better understanding. If you have Bible study tools, that's a good time to use those. And then we'll jump into a time of corporate reflection 
where we reflect together and see where God leads us corporately. All right, y'all. Well, I'm ready. Let's go. Joshua chapter 23. I am reading in the CSB translation. You can feel free to read in whatever translation you have available to you. Here we go. Joshua 23. A long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them, Joshua was old and advanced in age. So Joshua summoned all Israel, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old, advanced in age, and you have seen for yourselves everything the Lord your God did to all these nations on your account. But it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. See, I have allotted these remaining nations to you as an inheritance for your tribes including all the nations I have destroyed from the Jordan westward to the Mediterranean Sea. The Lord your God will force them back on your account and drive them out before you so that you can take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong and continue obeying all that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you do not turn from it to the right or the left and so that you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their God or make an oath to them. Do not serve them or bow and worship to them. Instead, be loyal to the Lord your God as you have been to this day. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you, and no one is able to stand against you to this day. One of you rooted a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you as he promised. So diligently watch yourselves. Love the Lord your God. If you ever turn away and become loyal to the rest of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry or associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you. They will become a snare and a trap for you, a sharp stick for your side and a thorn in your eyes until you despair from this good land the Lord your God has given you. I am now going the way of the whole earth and you know with all your heart and all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. Since every good thing the Lord your God promised you has come about, so he will bring on you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow and worship to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will be and you will quickly disappear from this good land he has given you. Let's read this chapter one more time. Here we go. A long time after the Lord had given Israel rest from all the enemies around them, Joshua was old, advanced in age. So Joshua summoned all Israel, including its elders, leaders, judges, and officers, and said to them, I am old, 
advanced in age, and you have seen for yourself everything the Lord your God did to all these nations on your account, because it was the Lord your God who was fighting for you. See, I have allotted these remaining nations to you as an inheritance for your tribes, including all the nations I've destroyed from the Jordan westward to the Mediterranean Sea. The Lord your God will force them back on your account and drive them out before you so that you can take possession of their land as the Lord your God promised you. Be very strong and continue obeying all that it, that is written in the book of the law of Moses so that you do not turn from it to the right or the left and so that you do not associate with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not serve them or bow and worship to them. Instead, be loyal to the Lord your God as you have been to this day. The Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you, and no one is able to stand against you to this day. One of you routed a thousand because the Lord your God was fighting for you as he promised. So diligently watch yourselves. Love the Lord your God. If you ever turn away and become loyal to the rest of these nations remaining among you, and if you intermarry or associate with them and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you. They will become a snare and a trap for you, a sharp stick for your sides and thorns in your eyes until you disappear from this good land the Lord your God has given you. I am now going the way of the whole earth, and you know with all your heart and all your soul that none of the good promises the Lord your God made to you has failed. Everything was fulfilled for you. Not one promise has failed. Since every good thing the Lord your God promised you has come about, so he will bring on you every bad thing until he has annihilated you from this good land the Lord your God has given you. If you break the covenant of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, and go and serve other gods and bow and worship to them, the Lord's anger will burn against you and you will quickly disappear from this good land he has given you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to read Joshua chapter 23. Lord, we ask that as we move into a time of personal reflection and corporate reflection, that you would lead and guide our time, that you would help us to focus on what you want us to see this morning. Lord, and that you would, you would help our hearts to see and know you, Lord God. You would help our eyes to see and know you, Father. And Lord God, where you lead, we will follow. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Let us reflect, spend a few moments of reflection on Joshua chapter 23, and then let's come back for corporate reflection. Here we go.
All right. Well, we are back for some corporate reflection. And before we do, I just want to give a little bit of background, just in case this is your first time jumping in and reading with us. So throughout the book of Joshua, it's actually a book that's particularly difficult for me to read because it's a book of war. It's a book where people's lands are taken. Um, it's a book where people's lives are destroyed. Um, so I don't ever want to minimize what's actually happening in Joshua and kind of the heart-wrenching nature of it. However, we have gotten to this part in the story in which the children of Israel have now taken all of the land that was promised to them and are now living in that land. So we talked a little bit about the fact that this land was promised to them from when God promised it to Abraham. Abraham was originally taken from his family and brought to the land of Canaan. And when he was brought to the land of Canaan, God said he was going to give him that land. Now, Abraham lived in that land as a, um, as a, 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 as a passerby, as a nomad. Like he didn't, it wasn't his land. He didn't own any land there. But now the children of Israel, which are his descendants, have now taken possession of this land, um, which was a which was the fulfillment of the promise that God gave to Abraham about this land. So this is where we are now, is where Joshua, now he's older, he's much older than everybody there because most of his um, most of his peers died in the wilderness. The only one from his generation that lived to see the promised land is Caleb. So Joshua and Caleb were the only ones. Everybody else was the children of their the generation that Joshua and Caleb was from. So now Joshua is addressing all of these individuals um, as they, as he's preparing really to transition to die, really. So he's giving um, his kind of farewell address at this point. All right. So what is standing out to you guys from this chapter? Let's see. CJ says, verse six stood out, be strong and courageous. Joshua said this at the beginning and it's still his stance in the end. Stay consistently strong and courageous. Come on, consistently. Anastasia said the dividends of obedience can never be overemphasized just as just as the consequences of disobedience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Brickell says verse 9 through 10, verse 14 through 15 stood out to me, uh, stood out and just love how Joshua linked courage and obedience with watchful diligence and love for the Lord. Come on. Brandy says the entire chapter, I love Joshua's warning, guard your heart, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Come on. Woo. We're going to come back to that. Lilith says the whole chapter, verse six and eight, always be obedient to God. Allison says, verse two, Joshua called those who lead and have responsibility to others before him and reminded them of their responsibility. Reminds me of the phrase, with great power, come on, comes great responsibility. Woo, yeah. Brickell says, with God's provision, blessing comes with responsibility. Yeah. Brandy says, chapter, oh, verse 11 stood out to me the most. Be diligent. Come on. Miss Gardner says, verse 7 stood out to me because there are so many religions and different gods they worship. Let's go to verse 7. Verse seven says, and so that you do not associate 
with these nations remaining among you. Do not call on the names of their gods or make an oath to them. Do not serve them or bow in worship to them. Come on. So I, I also want to talk about the, the, the shift that happened in the New Testament and why this was such a radical shift for the children of Israel. So here in the Old Testament, we see God saying to them, reminding them through Joshua, do not associate because what's going to happen is that their gods are going to infiltrate your thinking and your life and all this stuff. But then we see in the New Testament where Peter, th that was the first one, actually, Peter, go, God actually calls Peter to go to the house of Cornelius. Cornelius is what we would consider a Gentile, someone who is not Jewish, someone who is not a, from the tribe, uh, tribes of Israel. And God specifically tells Peter to go to the, the, to Cornelius. And when Peter gets to Cornelius, Peter is shocked that the Holy Spirit falls on Cornelius and his whole entire family and that they are able to be saved and then they baptize them and it shocks Peter. Why? Because up until the New Testament, up until what Christ did, Israel was supposed to stay in the Israel bubble. Israel was supposed to stay in the Israel bubble. And we have to understand why this is. At this point, at this point, they did not have the Holy Spirit like they did in the New Testament. So in the New Testament, what happened was when Christ died and resurrected, he said he was going to leave a comforter for them, someone to guide them and to teach them. And it was going to be the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit was going to live within them. And when that happened, we begin to see God moving his children out from the walls of Israel into, um, into the surrounding nations, which was unheard of. That's why Peter was shocked when God told him to go to Cornelius's house. He was like, whoa, you want me to go to a Gentile? Like we, we have worked really hard not to, to contaminate ourselves with people that are not from the tribes of Israel. And God's like, no, I want you to go to the Gentiles. I want you to go to Cornelius, go to his house. And I want you to spread the gospel and tell him about me. This is a huge difference. But one of the things we have to realize is the impact that the Holy Spirit makes, right? The impact that the Holy Spirit makes and the impact that happens when we willingly listen and follow the Holy Spirit, right? So at this point in time, they did not have that, right? And they were very reliant on following whomever the leader was, whether it was Moses or whether it was Joshua or whether it was the judges or whomever. And however the leader went, there went the whole entire nation, right? Because they were very, they had to follow that leader because it wasn't like the Holy Spirit was poured out on our flesh, right? And so I want to note those two, those, that difference, because the very important difference um, of what happens and what the Holy Spirit might lead us to do um, when, when the Holy Spirit is in lead. However, when we are early in our relationship with God and we have a harder time hearing or understanding the Holy Spirit, it is very important that we keep some boundaries up, right? All right, here we go. Let's keep going. 
I just thought about that. That was just, ha. Ah, when you look at the, the difference between the two, the Old Testament and New Testament, and you begin to say, why is it this way? Anyway, Anastasia says, what God asks of us isn't too much. Only that our flesh fail at uh, fail us at time, time and time again. So we can never be tired or too ashamed to ask the Holy Spirit for help. Come on. Genesis 6 through 11, Joshua reminds the people of their history with God and tells them to remain faithful, to not mix with the people of the land and fall into their anti-God traditions. Allison says verse 6 through 8, reminders to carefully follow everything written in the, the book for instruction. This was their starting point. I like how we have instructions for how to handle most every situation in the Bible. Come on. Demetrius says, diligently watch yourself, stood out. Self-awareness, come on. Audrey says, God kept every promise to them. But if they turn their hearts to another God, God prom God's promises are forfeited. Take heed, keep your eyes and heart towards God. Amen. Genesis, they said it again to remain strong. This was the message of his life. Be strong and courageous. Come on. Romans is verse two through three. Joshua is telling them a job well done. The mission is complete. Everything that they have accomplished could have been done with, um, could have been done with, um, though absolute, through absolute allegiance to God. Come on. Erica says, I can see how legalism took hold. They held on to these words. Come on but held on and didn't change when God changed. Woo! Yes, I'm glad Erica mentioned that because we see, so when you see the New Testament, you can't really get upset with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And when you see, for, remember we talked about Jesus when he was on the cross being crucified and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Most of the people were crucifying Jesus because they didn't understand what God was doing throughout the Old Testament and they held on to it as legalism for good reason. And we'll talk a little bit about that, like for good reason. So it wasn't like most of them weren't trying to be evil or mean or what have you. They thought they were doing the right thing. And mm, we'll come back around. Verse six, uh, Jessica says, verse six, nine, 14 through 15, Joshua reminds them to be strong and diligent, pressing the goodness of God. Every good thing has come from God to be loyal to him for his faithfulness, to not forget and to not be influenced by other nations beginning to worship other gods. Come on. Jessica says God will take his hand off them, allowing the consequences of their actions to take place and they feel will feel his wrath. Woo. Allison says it's probably why Joshua called the leaders um, and people of influence before him. He knew people would do what they did. Come on. So true. Romans says, be fruitful and multiply. Verse six, Joshua blessed them and sent them away. Reminds me of Genesis. God saw that everything was good and blessed it. Amen. Amen. Brandy says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Woo. Who can we, can we talk? Man, there's so, there's so much good here. There's so much good here. Joshua says this. 
Joshua says this, the Lord has driven out great and powerful nations before you and no one is able to stand against you to this day. Let's skip down verse, verse 11. So diligently watch yourselves, love the Lord your God. If you ever turn away and become loyal to the rest of these nations remaining among you, if you intermarry or associate with them they, and they with you, know for certain that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out before you. They will become a snare and a trap for you, a sharp stick for your side and thorn in your eyes until you disappear from the good land, from the good land that the Lord your God has given you. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that God makes a promise. God keeps a promise. And then God says, trust in me and only me. God makes a promise. God keeps a promise. And then we see, he says, trust in me and only me. And in the New Testament, we see Jesus Christ meet the people where they are. We see Jesus Christ give miracles People are getting healed. Lives are being changed. And then he tells those people to follow him. But the reality of it is, when we look into the scriptures, is that most of those people that saw the promise happen eventually fall away from God. And most of the people, a lot of the people who got a miracle, when God, when Jesus started talking like, you must drink my blood and eat my flesh and all this stuff, it said a whole bunch of folks left him. They were like, you crazy. You are crazy. So what we realize, like, this is amazing what Joshua is saying. And a lot of times we think that, man, if I just be obedient to God, I'll get what I want. And this is why this is very dangerous because what will happen is you will get what you want, but if what you want, what is your focus, you will drift from God. God gave Israel this whole land and we're going to find out that Israel drifted from it. They got what they, they wanted. They got really happy about it. And they drifted from him because they wanted to look like the other nations. Eventually, they wanted to look like all those around. Because the reality is the things that we pray to God for, the things we feel like we need or want, <laughs> we can never have enough. It's like we always want more, 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 more. And we see this throughout the scriptures. So Joshua is saying, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. The same thing happened with Jesus. Jesus did these amazing miracles. And some of us say, man, I wish I would have lived in Jesus' day where Jesus was doing the miracles. And oh my goodness, this is so awesome. But guess what? When it got to the point where you got to sacrifice something, when it got to the point where you had to look different from everybody around you, when it got to the point where people were rejecting you, a lot of those same people that got the miracle were like, nah, I don't want to follow Jesus though. Right. And so it, it reminds us and, and Joshua is reminding us, like, don't keep your eyes on what was on the promise. Keep your eyes on the promise keeper. 
right? Don't keep your eyes on the stuff, on the miracle. Keep your eye on God. Keep your eye on God. Keep your eyes on God. And that's what the Holy Spirit helped them do in the New Testament, helps us do now. Keep our eyes on God. One of the things that Joshua was reminding them is to not intermarry and to not do this. And what we'll see is that they did do that. We're going to see it. Spoiler alert. They did do that. They did everything that Joshua told them not to do. <laughs> they did it. And what ended up happening was, was it, it wasn't the intermarrying. It was the, they, it caused them to take their eyes off God. It caused them to take their eyes off God. And Joshua told them, if you do this, it's going to cause you to take your eyes off God. We see the same thing happen to Solomon. We call Solomon super wise, but at the end of his life, it was a whole hot mess. Why? Because he had like 300, how many wives he had? He had like hundreds of wives and he was marrying everybody from every nation that he could. He built shrines to all these other gods in order to please his wives and he took his eyes off God. So what Joshua is saying to us, is don't put things in your life that's going to cause you to take your eyes off God, even if you really want it. Even if you really want it. I'm sure the women in the nation surrounded were fine, right? Because we know that a lot of the Israelite men married them. But God was like, I don't, it's not, I understand you want them, but they're going to, that's going to cause you to take your eyes off God. And there are things that we may want. And God's like, no, because it's going to cause you to take your eyes off God. It's not that that thing is bad. It's not that God can't get to that person. It's not that God can't do what he's going to do. It's that it's going to cause you to fall. It's, and we have to understand that there are some things that God's like, no. You can't have that because it's going to cause you to fall. If you're anything like me, when I am working out and trying to get fit and all this stuff, I can't have sweets in my life. Like I can't have, I can't have sweets and potato chips and all this stuff on my, in my cabinet. I can't, I don't have that kind of willpower. Like, and so God is like, there's going to be some things you want, but you're going to have to intentionally say no to because it's going to take you away from me. Because it's going to cause you to fall. That doesn't mean that God's not going to do things. See, they took this to mean that God doesn't want these nations. That was not true. God was working all of it together. We see it in the New Testament, how God actually desired the nations surrounding and, and sent people into those nations, right? They took it to mean, oh, God doesn't want those nations. No, no, no. God's trying to protect you. <laughs> Because he knows that, hey, you do this and you will fall. You will fall away from me. You will. Some of us are wondering why God hasn't given us the thing we prayed for. And he's like, nah, mm -mm. you're not ready for that. Because he, he knows how humanity does. A lot of times we're like, God, if only you would answer this prayer, I'll serve you. That's not true. 
biblically it doesn't line up the the heart of humanity goes god gives us gives you what you want and all you do is want more myself included right so god is saying hey you're gonna have to commit to me and sacrifice some of the things that you may want some of the things that may look good some of the things that may look fun come on Romans says Joshua warned them not to become influenced by ungodly people and be led to mimic ungodly behavior because God is also faithful to bring judgment for your sin. God knew that they didn't have what they needed to be able to influence culture yet. Right? So what God was setting up, and we have to understand how he was doing, what God was setting up was basically kind of like a city on a hill that would that would cause people to be like, oh, what's different about this city? But he knew that they didn't have what they needed yet to be able to go into other nations and influence the other nations. So he says, don't do it. <laughs> because all that's going to happen is you are going to fall away. So that that brings that makes me think about are we allowing God to set, tell us what we're ready for? To tell us what we're ready for. It's like no, that's not a to tell us what we're ready for. That's not a good idea, right? No, that's not a good idea. Um <laughs> I used to know somebody who was, um, and myself included, I did this too. I thought that, you know, I love God so much, right? I love God so much. And I had, you know, I had my boo, my boyfriend, he's my husband now. So I had my boo. He wasn't my husband at the time. We was in college. And I was like, oh, he can come to my house. He can stay all hours of the night because I love God. I love God. And I felt the Holy Spirit like, nah, not a good idea. Not a good idea, Dominique. You're not as strong as you think you are. Oh, no, it'll be fine. I can. It will be fine. Y'all, it won't fine. It wasn't fine. Oh, my goodness. So, like, it wasn't fine. I was sleeping with him and all that stuff. And then we'd be like, oh no, I can't, we can't do this no more. Let's not sleep together no more. We're gonna, we gonna love the Lord. And then we up staying in each other's house until one o'clock in the morning again the next day, thinking, no, 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 you gotta set some boundaries because there are some things that you just may not be ready for. It doesn't mean that God hates that person. It doesn't mean that whatever, it just means that you are not ready. You need to set some boundaries. You need to set some boundaries, right? No, <laughs> he said, don't, don't marry, don't intermarry because you will fall away. You will fall away. So we've got to recognize when God is saying you need to set some boundaries between yourself and a situation or a person. And we can't take that to mean that God is angry with that person. No, God is trying to get you not to fall on your face. You. 
Allison says the Holy Spirit helps guide us. People can help point us back to God, but knowing God's heart ourselves will help us stay on track and keep in championing God's heart will help us too. Because we see throughout the scriptures, the more we champion uh, the things we want, the harder we fall. It happens all throughout scripture. All throughout scripture. Sacrifice and boundaries have to be a part of our life as believers. Because we love God. Because we love God. We've got to be sober-minded with how we view ourselves. I recognize, look, I've been saved for a while. I've known Jesus for a while. And I recognize that there are still things in my life that God is saying, you, you can't do that. Somebody else, I might lead somebody else to do it, but you cannot. And I have to be willing to say, okay, because God recognizes that when I do, when I do this, it will cause me to, to distance myself from him. There are some things that God is, is allowing me to go into now that years ago, he was like, nah, Leave it alone. You're not ready. And we have to understand that and be willing to follow him. Right? And be willing to follow him in our boundaries and our sacrifice. It's just like, it's just like a, a health, a, a, a health and wellness journey. Like I can't keep certain things in my house. I can't go to certain restaurants, right? Because for me, it would cause me to fall on my face. But Allison might be able to go to those places and those restaurants and still make healthy choices because she's been doing this for a while and God has helped her or, or she, is, she has learned how to do these things. We're in two different parts of our journey. Two different parts. So we have to realize that boundaries are going to look different depending on you, where you are in your journey. The boundaries that God set up for the children of Israel here are different than the boundaries that were set up for Peter after the resurrection of Christ. They look different. Here he told them, do not associate with other nations because they will cause you to fall. But with Peter... He said, go into there, go there. And he, and people were saved. Right? So we have to understand that God, where we are in our life is important, right? The boundaries God is calling us to set up. We might not want to set up those boundaries, but God sees something in our hearts. And that's why. He's calling us to put those boundaries up. It's not because he hates the people. Like God may be calling you away from a group of friends and you know it. And you know it. He's like, you know what? You need to kind of distance yourself because every time you're with them, you're gossiping, you're partying, you're drinking, you're cussing. <laughs> 
you're not yet ready to be able to influence the culture. The culture is influencing you. So I need to pull you back a little bit. It doesn't mean God is angry with them and that God doesn't have a plan for their lives. It just means you are not ready for that. And we've got to understand that. Now, what Israel did is they took this information as we are better, we are awesome, and we are the best, right? And so when the New Testament came around and God was leading some other people to go to the Gentiles, the children of Israel had a big problem. This was a hard thing because they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were your people, God. Hold on. How are you bringing other people in? We have to realize that our... Our boundaries sometimes don't stay that way forever. God may move us. Like it might be like God's like, hey, I need you not to associate for a little while. And then a couple of years later, he says, now I need you to go in and share the gospel. Right? So we have to be willing to know what season we're in. We have to be willing to, to, to heed what God is saying. Because the season we're in is important. It's important. Jessica says, I know that this is a bit different, but I wonder if this is why the apostle Paul chose not to marry. He committed his life solely to God. Paul understood for himself he ain't had no time um, to tend to a marriage because he thought it would take time away from his journey. And Paul said that. He was like, look, I'm not getting married because then my my attention is going to be split. That was Paul's journey, right? Peter was married. Peter was married before he followed Christ. So we know that Peter was married. Paul was not. Everybody's got a different journey. It has to set up different boundaries. And we have to be willing to surrender our life to God so that he can let us know what boundaries are needed. So that he can let us know what boundaries are needed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Latrice says all relationships have boundaries. Which, by the way, there's a, a good book called Boundaries. And it's awesome. Yeah, amen. Okay, cool. We got to check that out. But yeah, all relationships need boundaries. And we have to surrender to God to find out what those boundaries are in the season that we're in. We see that God changes the boundaries a little bit for different people based on what they have and what they're ready for. Right? Brickell says, I strongly dislike when you set boundaries and the person you set them with tries to make you feel bad and I have to tell them, I don't trust myself. It has nothing to do with you. Yes, that's very difficult. That is a very difficult thing. Come on, I know that personally. I know that personally. I remember, look, y'all, I would love to say that I was the one in my relationship with my husband that finally stood up and said, we really need to set some stronger boundaries. I was not that one. I was the one that kept trying to push the boundaries, knowing that I kept falling flat on my face. And eventually my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, said, look, I'm not coming to your house at this time. We're not kissing and and making out. We're not going to do this. And I was the one that was like, but can't we just... But can't we just, and he was the one that set these hard boundaries. Like, no, we can't. We are not doing good. We are not making good choices. And I don't trust myself. He basically said, I don't trust myself around you. So he had to set those boundaries. And I was the one on the other end, like, oh, 
but can't we just, but can't we just, like, that was me. I was that one. He was on the other end, like, nah, we gonna do, if we if we say we gonna get married and everything, we gonna do this right. Like, and he set those boundaries and I constantly, I was that one that you're talking about, Brickell. I was that one. But I'm so glad now that he set them. I mean, we went through a year and a half with those heavy boundaries, heavy boundaries. We didn't kiss. We didn't, we, we, we had a certain amount of time that we stayed in the house and then he was gone. We didn't go, we didn't go to each other's houses by ourselves. We were always in a group. Like these boundaries was heavy. I was like, and, 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 and for me, I was, I felt like, oh man, he doesn't love me anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Because I had associated love with all these other things that we were doing. So when the boundaries got set and it was like a year and a half, and then a year and a half later, he proposed and then we get married and stuff like that. I'm so grateful that we have that testimony, that we have that story. But in it, I was complaining. I was pushing back on the boundaries. I was like, oh, my God, there's something wrong with me. All these things. But if God is telling you to set boundaries, this is what I'm saying to you. Like, set them. Set the boundary. Eventually, the person will either leave or be grateful that you set them. And you, you will not have to compromise, constantly compromise your relationship with God because of shaky boundaries. You realize that, that Joshua didn't tell them Yes, marry the women in the surrounding nation, but just don't worship their gods. Joshua understood through God that they couldn't do that. They didn't have that in them yet. They didn't have that. So he said, don't do it at all. And for some of us, we got to realize that there's some things that we've got to abstain from, period. Just don't do it at all because it's going to draw you away from God. We got to be real. Just don't do it at all. And stand by, Lord, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me, Holy Spirit. Allison says, I love Proverbs. There are so many reminders to keep God's word close to our heart because it get, it's easy to forget, especially when temptation comes. Almost every other verse starts with remember. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Latrice says, take heed which have control in matters we like to claim we can't help. Yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> there is a, we have to understand there's a level of responsibility that God does put on us. God's like, I'm going to do my part. But when I tell you that there needs to be a boundary set, it's because I know you. It's because I know you.
Ms. Garner said that's exactly what my old church did with ones that were courting. They could not be alone with the opposite sex, right? <laughs> and a lot of times people are like, oh, I don't want no church telling me what to do. Da, 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 da. Even with our parents, we'll push back when they're like, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't want nobody telling me what to do. Sometimes someone else can see you better than you can see yourself. Look, I spoiler alert, they didn't listen to Joshua. <laughs> they did not listen. Let's just say, they didn't listen. They did their own thing. They, married, they did what they wanted to do. And what Joshua said, what happened, happened. Donita said, boundaries set by others is hard for me. And I have to pray my way through that too. It reminds me of yesterday's message. Assumptions versus facts leads, leads to clear cut boundaries for me. Yes, so true. Sometimes people have to set boundaries. Like for instance, say I really, like I'm doing something for God and I really need volunteers. And I go to a good friend of mine and I'm like, hey sis, can you help me with that? And she says, no, I can't. Oh, sometimes I'm like, God, why won't my friends help me? And the Lord's like, they have to set boundaries so that they don't fall away, Dominique. Do you realize that there are some good things that you are called to do that God will tell your friend not to get involved with? Why? Because they will get so caught up in trying to help you that their relationship with God will falter. And we taking it as, oh, my friends don't never support me. And God is like, look, I can't let everybody go with where with you where you're going because they're not ready. You can't desire to drag people to where they're not ready to go. And you can't assume that just because you're ready means they're ready. Right? You can't assume that just because they're ready means you're ready. Paul said something else. He tells us also to, to pay attention to the boundaries that others have. There's a, a, there's a portion of scripture where Paul is talking about food and how for him, he can eat any food, right? But for some people, they can't eat certain types of food. They don't eat certain meats. They don't eat this. And so Paul is basically saying, if I know that my brother has that boundary, when I'm with them, I don't partake in the food just because I don't have that boundary. This boundary keeps their conscience clear. So I need to respect that boundary, even though I'm like, I can eat whatever I want. Like they don't want with a weak conscience. No, no, no. This is what it means to be a brother and sister in Christ. I, I am willing to adhere to the boundaries they set. The same thing goes if I have a friend that's an alcoholic and they are, they are abstaining from alcohol. Then when I go with my friend, I might not, I might not have an issue with alcohol. I can drink a little wine and I'll be fine. But they drink a little wine and the next thing they know, they've fallen all the way off the wagon. So when I go out to eat with them, I'm not ordering a drink. 
We have to realize that boundaries are very important. And that God sets them based on where we are in our journey. Allison says, knowing ourselves is awareness, knowing, knowing we can't do most things alone or by willpower alone helps us ask for help. Come on. Woo. There are some things that we know about ourselves that, that God is pointing out to us. We, we should not wrongfully assume that because I have the Holy Spirit, I therefore no longer need boundaries. No, the Holy Spirit will direct you to the boundaries that you need. In every season of our life, we're going to need some type of boundary. It may look different than the season before, but there's a boundary that we need in every season of our life. And what happens is we begin to, if we begin to think of ourselves higher than we should and think, oh, I got this, I'm fine. Woo! And God is like, no, you're not fine. You're not fine. Boundary. And guess what? The boundaries are not comfortable because on the other side of the boundary is something you want. God had to explicitly tell them, don't marry don't intermarry. Why? Because they gonna want them women. It's not because they. Oh, no, it's because these women are fine. These women, and they and and you gonna get caught up, and you're not gonna be able to have the strength to stand for God and stand for righteousness. Because what's on the other side of the boundary, you actually do want. So God is is calling us to set these boundaries up. Some of us need to set up boundaries from doing too many good things. And let me explain myself. We done volunteered for every church function. We done volunteered for every ministry thing that could ever come across our plate. We done said yes to everything. And God's over here saying, I need you to say no. I need you to throw up the boundaries. Oh, I got it. We done volunteered for all the things. And now we don't got no time to spend with God. We have no time for prayer. We have no time. Um, we have no time for worship. We have no time for our personal relationship with God. We have no boundaries in our life. And now we have no time for God. When God tells us to set a boundary, it's because he realizes that if we get caught up in the thing that's on the other side of the boundary, it will take us away from him. It will take us away from him. Some of us, God's like, don't go on social media no more. Oh, God, but I post really nice, encouraging posts on social media about you, Lord. I post all the scriptures. And God's like, it's just taking you away from me. You posting scriptures, that makes you feel good, but you haven't spent time with me in weeks. It's not that social media is bad for everybody. It's not that this boundary is going to be set up for you forever. It just means that right now in the season that you're in, it's drawing you away from God. drawing you away from God. God's like set boundaries up so that your heart doesn't drift from me. It's the same thing in our marriages. We've got to set, we have to set boundaries in our, in our marriages because there is a possibility if we engage in certain things on a regular, our heart will drift 
from our husband. It doesn't mean that our husband is not a great man. It doesn't mean that our husband is not amazing. It doesn't mean that our husband is not a hard worker. It means that I've constantly put myself in situations where I've attached my heart to other things. And this can happen in like an affair type of relationship, but it can also happen in work. If I don't put a boundaries around my work and I'm always working and I never spend time with my spouse, my heart will drift from him. We will begin to have a roommate-based relationship. The same thing can happen the other way. This is what happens when you don't have boundaries is that your heart actually begins to drift from the one you care about. Tiffany, my sister Tiffany is here. She says, sometimes we see boundaries as confinement, but God wants us to have them because he loves us and wants us to learn and grow where we are. I mean, there's so many things we could talk about in this chapter. We could talk about being strong, and we did. We talked about being strong and courageous. We talked about um, we talked about being obedient to God, and all these things is what what Joshua listed in his final address of Israel. But for some reason, God has us on boundaries. These little super stickers are so so cool. Thank you so much. But for some reason, God has us on boundaries. That means that we need to hear this. That means that God is calling us. If you hear, and even if you listen on the replay, it means that God is calling us to evaluate some boundaries or lack of boundaries in our life or respect the boundaries of others. Maybe we've been pushing up against somebody else's boundaries and God's like, stop that. I need you to respect the boundaries of them so that they can live in me. Donita said, praying about those boundaries and the time to say yes and no was so key for me. And now I feel like my relationship with God has grown so much. Right. Why? Because I don't have all these things taking my focus. Ms. Gardner says, I recently deleted my Facebook account so I can be alone. The one I just created doesn't have anyone on it but me. I did a similar thing. I did a similar thing. Does that mean that five years from now, God might not say go back onto Facebook? He might. But right now, this is the boundary God has called me to set up. Allison says, knowing myself, my strengths and weaknesses and where I am, what season I'm in and keeping my eyes on God helps me with my boundaries. If I look at others, I get, a, I get away from me and God. It's the reality. We've got to know what boundaries God is, trying, is wanting to set up in our lives. Raquel says, I'm there. I literally cannot do social media. It takes away from God and puts me in a spirit of comparison. Exactly. But for somebody else, it may not do that. So this is what we have to understand about boundaries is they are unique to the situation and they are unique to the individual. This is one of the things that, that the children of Israel had a hard time with. Boundaries aren't designed to be legalistic. Boundaries are designed to help us keep our eyes on God. These super stickers are super cool, y'all. I'm just amazed at God. And I thank y'all for donating to this ministry. But th this is what, like, this is what we have to understand. 
What do we really want? Most of us want to be loved. We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be accepted. And all of that we find in God. So the things that God is calling us to put a boundary up with are actually to keep us in the place that we truly, really want to be. We have to understand that. God knows us and he realizes that there are going to be things that take us away from him. It doesn't make that thing bad and it doesn't mean that God might not use that thing or that person. It just means where I am in my life right now. Where I am in my life right now, I have to set a boundary. Roma says if we don't have boundaries, we will let people pull us back into the very thing God has pulled us out of. Let me read it again. If we don't have boundaries, we will let people pull us back into the very thing God has pulled us out of. Tiffany says, I think that's so important too, is realizing that not all boundaries are for every season and that my boundaries may not be the same as everyone else's. That's where some of those legalistic doctrines come from. A personal boundary was made into theology for everybody. Come on. Who? Who? That's why we have to be very careful to know, hey, is this a boundary that God is setting in my life? Like there are literally doctrines, Christian doctrines right now that are like, like people are like, hey, don't marry anybody from a different race. They take this to say, don't marry anybody from, from a different race, right? Even if that race of person is a Christian, they like, don't marry anybody from a different race because it's being unequally looked. See, you see how legalistic this gets? You see how, you see that, 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 that line? Because we have to look at why is God saying this? Some people are like, we don't want to, we don't want to intermarry because we want to keep our race pure. Do you see this, this weird line when we try to make boundaries into doctrines? It's dangerous. And when we don't understand why God is setting the boundary, God sets boundaries so that our actions don't cause us to drift away from God. That's it. He's setting this boundary for Israel because he knows that if they do that, they will drift away from him. He knows that they don't have what they need on the inside of them to be able to influence culture from the inside of culture. He knows that he has to pull them out of the cultures around them so that so that they can sit separate. That's why when Jesus came, he was a rabbi that ate with sinners that ate with tax collectors, that ate with prostitutes, that ate with people that were just a whole mess. And the religious folks said, oh no, why would you sit and eat with them? They had likened boundaries to holiness. This is dangerous. 
They have likened boundaries to holiness. Because I have these boundaries and I don't eat with the prostitutes and I don't eat with the tax collectors and I don't eat with these people, it therefore makes me more holy. Woo, no. Boundaries are designed to protect you, not pedestal you. And when we begin to think that boundaries somehow put us on a pedestal, we get we get really prideful in the boundaries that we've set. And we don't realize that, hey, the boundaries were designed to protect you, not pedestal you. But you thought the boundaries were set up to pedestal you. So now you're around telling everybody how amazing of a Christian you are because you have these boundaries. That's not what boundaries are for. Jesus Christ didn't need the same boundaries they needed. Because him going to sit with the the tax collector and the prostitute wasn't going to draw him away from God. Boundaries are designed to protect you, not put you on a pedestal. Boundaries do not then make you holy. We've got to make sure we understand that. And that's why God can change and alter our boundaries because our boundaries are not positions. They're not pedestals. They are just protection in that season. They're not your identity. Tarnita said, I've seen this push in social media, folks talking about how great they are because they set a boundary. (laughs) Silly. But a lot of it just seems like they need an excuse to be mean. (laughs) Yeah. We have to realize what boundaries are for. Tiffany says, and just to swing it to the other extreme, There are also those who say, I have freedom in Christ, therefore I can go wherever wherever, and do whatever without boundaries because I have Jesus. Come on. The lack of boundaries or the increase of boundaries doesn't give you identity. It, It gives you protection. Boundaries are a good thing. Boundaries are also fluid and boundaries can be changed by God. I encourage us to sit with the Lord and seek him on what boundaries we need to put up in our lives to keep us close to him so that our heart doesn't drift away. Come on. Allison says boundaries protect us, not set us on a pedestal. My boundaries help me keep my eyes on God. Not everyone needs or wants the same boundaries I need. And I can't assume that because God made me set a boundary here, it doesn't mean that God is, is not using that. God set, caused me to set a boundary between social media, Facebook and Instagram specifically. That doesn't mean that God is not sending other people to those platforms to do the work of God. 
I can't then say, I can't say God set a boundary for me. And then I, then I start shouting out all Christians need to come up off of Facebook. All Christians need to come up off of Instagram because God said it will cause you to fall away. No, 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 Dominique, it will cause you to fall away. You can tell what God showed you, right? So we have to recognize that. And I, and I pray that we, I, I don't know, I believe God put us here because he wants to adjust our boundaries and, and he wants us to be okay with them. Some of us need to stop saying yes to everything. You burnt out because you have no boundaries, sis. You're anxious because you have no boundaries. Look, boundaries when you have little kids is different than the boundaries that you're going to have when you're an empty nester or the boundaries you had when you were in college. Some of us are comparing our season with little kids to our season when we're in college. We're trying to live like college students, but we got three kids. We're trying to say yes to everybody and volunteer for everything. But you're not in that season. You need a different set of boundaries. Some of us trying to live like we single, but we married. You're in a different season. You need different boundaries. You need different boundaries for the season that you're in. Your boundaries get to shift as God, as you move through seasons with God. But what is the purpose of boundaries? The purpose of boundaries is to make sure that my, that I don't, my heart doesn't drift away from God. And how does my heart drift away from God? It usually drifts away from God by giving our, our time, our talents and our, and our resources to something else and someone else regularly and repeatedly and not to the other person. This goes this goes for our marriage too. If I regularly give my time, my gifts and my skills away from my home. If I regularly give them away not to my home. I don't I don't clean, I don't do nothing at home, I don't cook, I don't I don't have sex with my husband, I don't do none of that stuff at home, but I put it all in my job, eventually my heart will go to where I constantly give my resources. So when God sets a boundary, he is setting it so that you can put your resources in the thing, in him, that actually should be the priority. Tiffany says, I think it's also hard to let go and move forward when God removes certain boundaries. Ooh, yeah. Boundaries can make us feel safe and comfortable, but when it's time to move on, we have to have the boldness to step out when God says. That's what that's what happened with Peter. Woo, we could talk about this all day. That's what happened with Peter, remember? God gave him this dream. So he said, in, in the dream, he showed him all this food, and he says, what I've called clean, don't you call unclean. And he did this a couple of times. What I call clean, don't you call unclean. And then he comes from the dream. And that's when Cornelius, who was a Gentile, calls Peter to his house. So God was preparing him for a shift in boundary, saying, Peter, I need you to go to someone that you would have called unclean all this time. But I'm calling him clean. And I need you to go and share the gospel with him. He's a Gentile. 
and you're not used to associating with Gentiles, but I need you to remove that boundary and go do what I asked you to do. So like our boundaries shift. Allison says, I'm hearing self-awareness. Keep our eyes on God. Come on, that's the key, not others. Never mind what anyone else is doing. Keep God close in our heart so we can go where he leads. It will look different for each of us. Yeah. Mm. Genesis boundary is I will do when to protect myself, not you have to, to make me feel safe. Yeah. You have to control when you set boundaries. It's not about controlling others, but self-control. I know we got to go, but <laughs> I'm laughing because Tiffany's here and it made me think of my favorite notebook that she sent me. Um, but truly, I know we got to go. But I, I want us to say, I want us to remember to really don't just leave here and be like, oh, that was good. Like, evaluate the boundaries in your life. Sit with God with the boundaries or lack of boundaries that you may have. Ask the Lord, God, what boundaries do I need to set in my life? And what accountability might I need with these boundaries? Erica says, God, I confess I'm very weak in my self-control. Me too, sis, which is probably why I need a lot heavier, more heavy boundaries on certain things. Um, because I, I do struggle with that, with self-control. Um, the Holy Spirit's yanking me back, constantly yanking me back. But I, you know, I'm realizing that some of the impulsivity that I have, God's like, girl, you got to reel that in. Um, you got to reel that in. But I pray that we, we actually evaluate our boundaries and lack of and even if we have said yes to all these things and God is saying, hey, look, I need you to, to say no to this one, say no to this one, wrap this one up and don't say yes to this one again and set those boundaries. Maybe God is calling you off of social media. Maybe God is calling you to set boundaries with the boyfriend that you have. Maybe God is calling you to set boundaries in some friendships and relationships. It doesn't make them bad, right? It doesn't make them bad. It just means that this is where God has me. Maybe you need to set some boundaries around the way, the, the, the food that you bring in your house. Come on. Bevy says, run your race. Come on. Maybe you need to set boundaries about the amount of time that you spend here. I know a girl, she set boundaries around mornings with Jesus because she had to. She said, I can do mornings with Jesus twice and then I have to do um, time in my own devotional by myself the other three times. That was a boundary God had called her to set. And then we also have to realize if people set boundaries with us, it's just, it's okay. God is just trying to get them where he needs them to be. It's okay. It doesn't make you bad. Whew. 
test is God provides us with knowledge and wisdom for important things. Bind and guard our hearts, guard our minds through him, his wisdom. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I want to let you know what, what the Holy Spirit is going to do. When you ask the Holy Spirit to guard your heart, or not, not guard your heart, but when you ask you the Holy Spirit to, to help you, to know how to guard your heart, to help you with boundaries, this is the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit's going to convict you. Not condemn, convict. So the Holy Spirit's going to tell you this, 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 right? But the Holy Spirit's not going to set the boundary for you. He'll tell you what boundary you probably know right now. You just feeling it right now. Like these are some of the, the boundaries I need to set. That's the Holy Spirit, right? Dominique didn't tell you what boundaries to set. The Holy Spirit is, is convicting your heart. But now you've got to actually, the Holy Spirit won't do it for you. So we have to understand how it works with prayer. I pray and I ask God, but it's my job to take the apps off my phone. It's my job. Some of us need to say, some of us have pornography addictions. We just call it what it is. It just came to my mind. Some of us have pornography addictions and we need to go get a flip phone. Because we know that most pornography that we watch is on our phone and I got to go get a flip phone where I can't access the internet on my phone like that. Right? But the thing about it is the Holy Spirit may say that you need to get rid of this phone and get another phone. The Holy Spirit can say that, but you have to go do it. I know quite a few people had a pornography addictions and they're like, I got a flip phone. I don't care how stupid it looks. I don't care that I have all the up to date and all this stuff. I'm I should, It's a boundary I need. People can tease me all they want to. It's a boundary I need. I know a person that got so like prayed about it and was like, God, I trust you. Got rid of their phone, got a flip phone, didn't have internet in their house, had to go to work to use the internet. Um, so, you know, there were certain things that they didn't feel comfortable doing at work anyway. So they made sure they didn't have the internet at their house and they would have to go to public spaces for internet, which would stop the, the pornography uses, right? They did the things that they needed to do. They set up the boundaries and it looked crazy to everybody else. Everybody was like, Oh, girl, you don't need to do all that. It don't take all that. You don't need to do all that. Look, I'm trying to get free, right? It's like, uh-uh, I'm trying to get free. People that have uh, alcohol addiction, alcoholics, what do they do? They, 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 they abstain. They don't drink it anymore. They don't. And a lot of them, a lot of my friends that had alcohol addiction, they don't even go to parties like in the, the beginning of they don't even go to parties that offer alcohol. They want to go to the parties. They wish they could. But they like, no, I'm trying to be free. Look, I'm not trying to have nothing have control over me like this that takes me away from God. You have to watch some people that get radical with these boundaries because they are so want to get free. It's amazing. It's amazing to watch people when they're like, nah. Come on. Angie says, trying to get free and stay free. Come on. Look. So if I got to get a flip phone, 
I'm going to get a flip phone. If I got to cut the internet off in my house, I'm going to cut the internet off. If I got to stop buying the potato chips and leaving them in my house, I'm going to stop buying the potato chip. If I got to stop hanging out with my boo thing after 9 o'clock p.m., I'm going to stop hanging out. When the sun go down and the street lights come on, I'm going back to my house. If I got to surround myself with people and I can't hang around you by myself, I'm going to surround myself with people and not hang around you by myself. If I've got to clear my calendar so that it's not so congested with all the things i'm gonna clear my calendar i'm trying to get free come on woo and stay free as angie said come on woo if i got to say no and it's a little uncomfortable that's okay i'm gonna say no woo that come on how <laughs> woo April said I had to come off dating apps because there was constant disappointment. It was not for me. Come on. I got, hey, take the apps off your phone. If I got to take all the apps off my phone, got to take Facebook, the dating apps, the Instagram. I got to take TikTok off my phone. Like, do it. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you, hey, this is actually taking you away from God. But then you got to do something about it. Okay, I'm going to take the apps off my phone. I'm gonna take the apps off my phone. I'm a I'm okay. Hallelujah. Woo wee. Hallelujah. God is good. Genesis and therapy. Come on, some of us we need to make some room for some therapy in our lives. Just as porn addiction is just as addicting as drugs. It's just easier to access. You gotta understand that. The Holy Spirit will tap, tap, tap on your heart. But we got to say yes and do something about it. He might be telling you to break up with the boyfriend. That ain't your boy. That ain't your man, sis. God's like, "Mm -mm, no, not him. And we're like, but no. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to do something great in his life. Doesn't mean like I can't make assumptions about him and what God is going to do in my life. I just know God is saying, no, not, not for you, right? Set that boundary. Genesis setting timers on Netflix. Come on. Roman says, everybody ain't on your journey with you to do what you have to do to walk in victory. Come on. Who are we going to pray? We're going to pray. Uh, Angie said, hop timers are so clutch. Come on. I love it. Woo-wee. Set the boundaries. It's going to be hard. But it's going to be worth it. You're not going to want to disappoint the people. But I promise it's going to be worth it. Set the boundaries. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. Set the boundaries. It's going to be worth it. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing and how you're doing it. 
There is none like you. Lord, I pray that you help us to go through our life and set boundaries that need to be set. And Holy Spirit, we we pray that you help us to keep those boundaries and that you convict our hearts um, when we start to drift away from those boundaries, that you call us back to them, the ones that that are still needed. And Lord, I pray that you help us to release the boundaries that you're calling us to release in this season. If there are some boundaries where you're like, you don't need that boundary anymore, you know, now you, you, if there's boundaries that we've begun to idolize, that you would help us to see clearly the boundaries that you want us to have, that we won't create a pedestal for ourselves from the boundary, but we will surrender to you so that you can show us the boundaries we need in order to protect and guard our hearts and keep them in your direction so that our hearts will be towards you. Lord, we thank you. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Allison says, discipline is a boundary. Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening, but afterwards there will be peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Lenita said her aunt's funeral is tomorrow. Please keep her family in her prayers as we celebrate her life as she's gone home to be with the Lord. Father God, we lift up Lenita and her entire family, Lord. We thank you for her. And Lord God, we just pray that you would surround them with your peace and Lord, that you would help them to navigate as they grieve, Lord God, and that you would, um, you would, you would be in that place tomorrow as they celebrate the life of her aunt. Lord, we thank you that we already know you're with them. And Father, we pray that you would send support, help, love in their direction. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Erica. Erica reminds us to like, comment, share, and subscribe. Go back to the comment section of this video and type in your big takeaways It helps with the algorithm, but it also helps. I like to read them. And I know that others that may not have 90 minutes to watch a Bible study um, uh, could could use what you guys are saying. Oh, Lenita says, thank you for your patience. Shout out to Erica Baldwin. All right, Erica, who is the winner of the $25 shop credit for commenting on YouTube videos for the month of March. Congratulations, Erica. And we are going to run another one, I believe, for the month of April. So keep those comments coming. Um, And Erica, reach out to Lenita. Lenita, connect with me so that we can make that happen uh, for Erica. So I'm excited about that. All right. Isn't that awesome? Erica be reminded us to, to post in the comments and stuff like that. And she's our first winner. That is so awesome. So timely. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. I love it. And I want to also let you guys know um, that um, if you want to give to um, Faith Mamas regularly, if you want to become a monthly uh, donor on Patreon, I want to encourage you um, to give our Patreon because we are we are we have a goal of six hundred and fifty dollars um, on Patreon, and we are so close. We're at six oh five. Um, so we only need like one person that can do 50 or two people that can do $25 a month or four people that can do 50, $15 a month or 10 people that can do $5 a month. So if you would like to support this ministry monthly, please go to patreon.com forward slash faith mamas tribe. I think anyway, it's also in the app. 
Um, and it should be also in the description of this video as well um, for you to be a monthly giver. And that monthly gift can be like $5. Um, again, that's Patreon. Let me, let me make sure I'm saying it right because I don't want to be saying it all kind of wrong. I think I'm saying it all kind of wrong. So it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash faith mama's tribe. Let me see. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash faith mama's tribe. So if you guys want to be a monthly donor and help us reach that goal of 650, so you guys may know that it costs thousands of dollars to keep this app and everything running, but God has been faithful and has been giving um, through, you guys have been giving, putting it on your heart to give. So please um, consider going over to Patreon and you can get some pretty cool prizes and different things um, that we are putting over there on Patreon as well. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash faith mama's tribe. And it really does help us. A lot of times people are like, what, what, what really can happen with $5 a month? Let me tell you a lot, y'all, a lot. So please consider giving, um, and helping us reach that goal. We, we're like, this is our first goal ever that we've ever set on Patreon. Oh, we are so close, which is so cool because the, God has placed this ministry on you all's hearts, which is absolutely amazing. Anywho, I love you guys. I pray that you all have an amazing Friday. If you observe Sabbath on Friday night, Saturday night, don't forget, today is the day of preparation. So make sure you throw that extra load of laundry in. Make sure you run those dishes through the dishwasher, okay, sis? Make sure you grab yourself some paper plates and paper products so you don't have to use them on your day of rest. And go ahead and whip up something quick to eat that you guys can be eating on over over the weekend, okay? So I just want to remind us, it's the day of preparation. So prepare. You got a little bit of time um, to prepare if you did it last night. So prepare to rest, prepare to rest, prepare to rest, close out any projects that you have going on or looming and prepare to rest. I love you guys. I will not be in the app today. If you see me in the app, you need to tell me to get out. Lenita or anybody, Lenita might not be in the app either because she's got a lot going on. If you see me in the app today, you need to tell me to get out. Dominique Young has a lot of homework to do. Um, and if I'm in the app, it's because I'm procrastinating. So don't let me be in there. Y'all tell me about myself, okay? Um, so today I've got to wrap up a couple of projects. So I won't see y'all in the app today, but I will definitely see y'all on Saturday evening because I know I'm going to miss y'all because I'm not going to see y'all for about a day and a half. Um, yeah, Allison said boundaries like and, it, and, and accountability. So if y'all see me in there, y'all need to be like, ma'am, get out, okay? Help me out. Help me out. Yep. Lenita said, me too, y'all. Okay, cool. Yep. So me and Lenita, you kick us out. Everybody else, y'all take it. If God is not setting that boundary with you today, then, you know, y'all be in there loving on each other. But as for me, Donita said, you know, I'm gonna kick you out. I know. Thank you, Lenita. <laughs> Thank you, Donita. She will tell me. She will tell me. Erica says, prep, prep, prep for rest. Yes, prep for rest, y'all. I love you guys. I pray that you have an absolutely amazing um, Friday and Saturday. And I will see you Sunday morning at 7 a.m for Sunday coffee chat. Please pray for me as I try to knock out these really big projects for school. I love you guys. And I pray that you have an amazing Friday and I'll see you soon. Bye.